Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio, the show that's all about spiritual direction, getting a little bit of help and a little bit of hope to live out this day in closer communion with our Lord. My name is Patrick Conley, sitting in for Josh Raymond today. I help out with The Inner Life and morning news from time to time on the Relevant Radio Network, and I host a local show called Practicing Catholic for the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis, aired locally there on 1330 AM and available online at practicingcatholicshow.com. So glad you've joined us today for The Inner Life as we're delving into a topic that's a central part of our Catholic faith. It's a central part of our Christian lives, and it's a central part of this Lenten season. Can you guess what it is? Well, today we are going to be talking about sacrifice. Helping us along the way in our discussion today is our spiritual director, Father Dave Heaney. Father Dave was uh, grew up in Thousand Oaks, California, and was ordained for the Archdiocese of Los Angeles in 1978. In 1991, he received a master's degree in marriage, family, and child counseling from the University of Southern California. And his latest book is Luke 10 Leadership, How to Succeed in Parish Ministry. As you might have guessed, it's a book on parish leadership published by Ave Maria Press, and he's now the pastor of St. Bruno Catholic Church in Whittier, California. Father Dave, good to be back with you again. Welcome. Thank you. Always good to be with you. Yes, wonderful. Well, sacrifice, sacrifice, which um, I'm tempted to start off here, Father, with just a a little bit of a snide comment about, you know, it's every Catholic's favorite topic or it's such a feel-good topic. But you know what? I'm even hesitating a little bit on that because I think it is so important uh, to our living out Christian lives, to our uh, growth in the Catholic faith. Um, but maybe we just start off with uh, what is sacrifice? I mean, what what does sacrifice, where does it come from? What does it actually yeah. mean? Well, I think your initial uh, comment uh, is very accurate because it does sound like a negative term. And who mm. wants to talk about sacrifice? It talks about pain and suffering and sacrifice. It doesn't sound very appealing. But unless we look at it in the Catholic way, in the Catholic way, it's actually very, very positive. Because sacrifice, which comes from the Latin word sacra facere, which means to make something holy. What it means is to lose something, but only to lose something for a greater purpose. Mm. It's never just to lose something. It's never just to experience pain. Uh, seeking pain without any purpose is self-harm, it's masochism, it's, it's sinful. But if, if a sacrifice is for some larger purpose, then it's holy. And, you know, I mean, one of the classic kind of amusing ways that we see this is in baseball. We mm. talk about a sacrifice out, right? you know, where a player, <clears throat> you know, loses his ability to get on base by flying out in order for a run to come in, which benefits his whole team. So that's a sacrifice out. He's, he does something that's not good for him in order for a larger purpose, a larger positive thing 
to happen. So the Catholic idea of sacrifice must include this idea of a greater good, a, a larger purpose. And so then it becomes something something uh, remarkable and beautiful. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's a great description. And I and I definitely like the uh, the incorporation of baseball here as we're, our minds here in the spring are starting to turn to baseball, some of our yeah. minds anyway. But but it is, it is also a, a good way of recognizing what sacrifice is about, especially when it comes to our, our Catholic sacrifice or making something holy and, and doing something that may be uh, not so beneficial for us, but it's, it's for a greater purpose, as you said, that's beneficial mm-hmm. for others. What a, what a great description. Listeners, if you have uh, if you have sacrificed in some way, shape, or form, uh, either this Lent or in times past, if there's a way that you have sacrificed, so I don't know, that could be you went to a family event instead of spending time with your friends. Uh, I don't know if that's a sacrifice or not, but it could be something like that. Maybe you decided to uh, save for your child's education instead of going on vacation. What are some of the sacrifices that you have made? Maybe others have made sacrifices for you. What ways have sacrifice touched your life? Give us a call. Join the conversation. Love to hear some stories about how you have sacrificed or how others have sacrificed for you. Our number here at The Inner Life is 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Or feel free also to send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. Well, Father, I'm I'm curious too. We see sacrifice all over the scriptures, and uh, one of the first places—well, uh, not the first place, but one of the first places—is the significance of the sacrifice of Isaac in Genesis chapter 22. Mm-hmm. Maybe give us just reflect on that passage a little bit. Um, you know, what? Why is it significant? What does it foreshadow? And what does it really teach us about sacrifice? Well, this story just hits everyone like a baseball bat over the head because mm. it's just so dramatic and so powerful. This is the story of Abraham uh, who was asked to sacrifice his son, Isaac. Now, it's incredibly important because Abraham had just been told by God that he was going to be the father of many, many multi-generations of children. This was going to be the the reconstitu- you know, the kind of God's plan for the salvation of the world by establishing a chosen people. And they were all going to come from Abraham. And Isaac was the first in that generation. So here God promises Abraham that you will be the father of, you know, many, the origin of many generations. And then all of a sudden, uh, he's asked to, to sacrifice his son Isaac. Well, he's obedient. And he, he kind of recognizes that, you know, it wasn't his idea to do this in the first place. So he kind of places himself in God's hands and say, there must be some larger purpose there. So that's why it's really significant, because it's it's very puzzling that God would say, I want you to be the father of all people, all, all, all of this new chosen generation, and then ask to, to kind of, you know, bring it to a close. So he, he does go through um, all the motions for that, and then at the last minute, uh, you know, the, the whole thing comes to an end. God calls an end to that sacrifice, and, and God's initial will for having all these generations come forward happens. So I think it's significant because Abraham could not possibly have known what God's plan was, but he had a deep sense that God is in charge, that he has some larger purpose, some bigger goal in mind, and he is willing to trust in that, even though it it doesn't seem so at first. I think that's the beautiful story of Abraham and a lesson for all of us. We don't, we, at the time things are happening, things are so confusing, we don't know what's going on. But some larger good purpose will will come about 
And that's, that's what we get from that story of Abraham. Hmm. Father Dave Heaney is our spiritual director today as we're talking about sacrifice here on The Inner Life. And if you have experienced sacrifice, either you yourself have made a sacrifice, somebody else has sacrificed for you, give us a call. Tell us uh, what you did and how that sacrifice was uh, for, as, as Father has just said, for a larger purpose and what significance it has carried in your own spiritual life. Our number here in The Inner Life is 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Well, thanks for that little bit of exegesis there, Father, of Genesis 22 and what we're actually looking at when we're looking at the sacrifice of Isaac uh, by Abraham or the call to sacrifice Isaac. Mm. To fast forward a little bit up into the New Testament, and uh, of course, there's sacrifices galore throughout the Old Testament, and we can we can definitely del- delve into those if that would be helpful for folks. Um, but I- I'm curious about a specific phrase uh, that Jesus himself uh, uses in the Gospel of Matthew, for instance, chapter 9, here, and he says, go and learn what this means. He says, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. So sacrifices, we've already talked about, it's a very good thing. It's a very positive thing in our Catholic perspective. But why does Jesus then say that he doesn't desire it? I desire mercy and not sacrifice. What does that mean, Father? That's a great question. And, um, you know, I think Jesus was referring to the religious practice at the time at the temple, which basically was, you know, doing sacrifices of small animals all day long. Uh, certainly in two major uh, prayer events during the day. And uh, it was filled with ritual. It was filled with a lot of uh, actions and behaviors that were kind of highly prescribed uh, by all the different uh, kosher laws, etc. And I think Jesus was recognizing that people were kind of doing the actions and the behaviors without really any thought of why they were doing them, as if only the actions themselves uh, were powerful. So Jesus is really very much um, focused on our intentions. So remember, sacrifice is a means to an end. It it is something that, uh, you know, has a larger goal, a larger purpose in mind. And that end is is always going to be either more faith, more hope, or more love. That's the way to look at any sacrifice. Does it bring more faith, more hope, and more love? And so if sacrifice opens our heart to compassion and mercy— you know, that's a beautiful larger goal. And if not, then don't do it. So the intentions of why we are giving something up, why we are going through this sacrifice are very, very important. Uh, it's not just the the actions that are saving, but, you know, why we are doing things. The motives is really important. And I think what Jesus saw at that time was, you know, people kind of mindlessly going through these actions, not really thinking about the intentions, not making them prayerful, mm. not understanding God's larger purpose, really kind of mechani- kind of mechanically going through things. Uh, you know, sometimes I see people walk into church and they dip their finger into the holy water and they just kind of, you know, kind of <laughs> wipe it around themselves in a quick sign of the cross. And that's kind of a mechanical gesture. And I think our Lord is looking for intentions, you know. Why am I putting my finger in the holy water? Why am I making the sign of the cross in myself? What does the Trinity mean to me? And the more intentional we are, about our faith and not just kind of going through motions uh, is a good thing to do during this season of Lent to reflect on that. And I think is the larger meaning of this passage in Matthew 9, that I desire mercy and and not sacrifice. I desire a changed heart uh, Mm. and, uh, you know, a a bigger heart. 
and a heart that's open to compassion. Uh, and if sacrifice can make that happen, then sacrifice is a good thing. Well, and that does seem to be right in line with some of his other uh, less than uh, less than. Well, I won't say less than kind, but they were they were pretty straightforward words that he had for some of the religious practices that, yeah. uh, for instance, the Pharisees, the Sadducees had that didn't reflect the, as you were saying, the the love of God. Uh, it didn't increase faith, hope, and love, but it was rather more mechanistic, as you said, mm-hmm. Father. So, so, yep, that makes a lot of sense to me, and uh, yeah, it's a it's a great reminder for us because, yeah, it can become just a. A mechanical thing, even dare I say it, even going to mass uh, can can become a, a mechanical thing. And we we just show up, we say the right words in the right places, and we leave unchanged or unfazed if we don't allow that possibility of of Christ coming in. So that's a, you, it's a you great know, reminder. Patrick, it reminds me of a message that one of my seminary professors gave many many decades ago that always stays with me to this day. And he said, "If you are the same." person at the end of Mass hmm. that you were at the beginning of Mass, hmm. you haven't been to Mass. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, that's dramatic, you know, yeah. but it really means that, uh, you know, it's not it's not just mechanical motions that we do, but it really is yeah. meant to, you know, move our heart, open our heart, and, you know, at the end of Mass, go out and, you know, share that peace and joy with the, of Jesus with the world, as the, as the final comments make. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and of course it is the holy sacrifice of the mass, is it not? So I mean, yeah. there there again, we partake in that sacrifice in Jesus's once for all sacrifice there, and it should it should change us, it's just as you've been saying about all these other sacrifices that we make. So another uh, uh, appeal to the listeners here: if you have a way that you have experienced sacrifice, whether that be something that you have sacrificed for the good of another, if it has increased your faith your hope or your love, or if another has sacrificed for your benefit and you have really benefited from that and seen the Lord working through it, please give us a call. Join the conversation. We'd love to hear stories of sacrifices and and how they have made an impression on people around you uh, or on you in terms of your faith life. Uh, Just give us a call, 888-914-9149, 9149. We're going to take a short break when we come back more on sacrifice with Father Dave Heaney. We'll be right back. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio Line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit relevantradio.com slash forester. Welcome back to the Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley, in for Josh Raymond today, and we are speaking about the, well, really the central, the core, one of the central pieces of our Catholic faith, that of sacrifice, and how we, in our own sacrifices, are able to invite others into recognizing the holiness of our Lord himself, who made the ultimate sacrifice, the sacrifice once and for all for the salvation of the world. And our spiritual director today is Father Dave Heaney, pastor of St. Bruno Catholic Church in Whittier, California, and ordained, uh, yeah, for the Archdiocese of Los Angeles back in 1978. So a lot of wisdom that he has been sharing with us already around sacrifice. And Father, I thought maybe we'd kick off um, this session with you know, as we started off saying sacrifice, it, it can seem like an unpleasant thing. And in mm-hmm. some ways, it does actually sound painful. 
But let me just ask, is it supposed to be painful? And, uh, and then if, whether or not it is, how does it really help us in our lives of faith? Well, I think this is really an important question, and really it's very important to really get this down right, because misunderstanding the idea of sacrifice can be, can be, very, can be dangerous and unhealthy, um, and emotionally, mentally, or even physically unhealthy. So if we get it right, it can be spiritually wonderful and very enriching. Mm. So I think the main thing is that we do not seek pain for its own sake. We're not looking simply to feel hurt or feel pain or uh, seek suffering. I mean, even Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane said, Lord, if it be your will, if it be your will, let this chalice pass. So we don't seek pain uh, for its own right. That, that would be kind of masochistic, it's self-harm, and that's sinful. What we do, though, especially in Lent, is that we, we choose something to give up. And really, it's generally a good idea to give up something that we probably shouldn't be doing anyway. <laughs> mm, yeah. You know, uh, whether it's smoking or, or uh, drinking too much or, you know, bad foods, any of those things that, uh, uh, you know, we shouldn't be doing anyway. Now, if you have a habit of doing something that's not good for you and then you suddenly stop and, and remove that, that's a challenge. That, that is going to be painful. So we're losing something for a good cause, which is often painful at first, but it's the, the pain itself is not the point. The, that's not the, uh, the target. That's not the goal. The goal is to um, find some behavior in our life that's not good for us mentally, emotionally, or physically, and there's a big list for any of those. Mm-hmm. You know, mentally, how we look at people around us, emotionally, you know, do we have our emotions uh, under control? And physically, you know, how do we damage our body? If we can get rid of any of those, uh, you know, because they're habits, the first time that we try to stop doing a habit, it's hard. It's a challenge. And so that's where some of the pain and the difficulty and the suffering comes in from sacrifice. Uh, but remember, our, our eye is always on the prize. Our eye is always on the new person that will come about because we have a new diet. We have new habits. We have new ways of relating with the people around us. And, and that new person, by definition, God has designed will be happier and more peaceful and, and more satisfied. So we never seek pain, uh, but sacrifice can be painful, uh, especially if it's a uh, uh, you know, changing a habit. And, you know, if I could just say one more thing, I think one, one way to kind of put this in, I think, a really perfect context for people is, uh, you know, I'm always very conscious of the fact that I have a, I have a, I'm very fortunate that I walk to work. I get up out of the rectory and I can walk just a few yards over to the church. And how many people get up early in the morning, get in the car, fight traffic, to a, go to a job that they maybe not even like, all of those are tremendous sacrifices. But then when they get to their desk or wherever it is that they work, very often what they'll see there is a picture, a photograph of their family. And it reminds them why they're doing all that they are doing, why they get up so early in the morning, why they fight traffic, why they go to this job that they don't like. And they're making all these sacrifices for a greater good for their family. Now, they're not doing any of this because they like the pain of traffic and getting up early. They're, they're enduring all these painful difficulties for this greater good of love, for providing for the welfare of their family. And I think uh, that's, 
that's the Catholic way of understanding sacrifice. We we do what we we face all these things in good times and in bad, in sickness and in health, for the people that we love. And right. that's that's the Catholic idea of sacrifice. Right, right. Well, and if I may, Father, I just I want to mm. take what you said there, and you said we don't, as Catholics, we don't seek out pain just for pain's sake, which, uh, right. you know, that's that comes as a relief, I would suppose, for, <laughs> for many of us, that that's not something we're looking at. But what may be harder to swallow, I found myself reflecting as you were speaking, uh, especially during this Lenten season, that we, we also need to be reminded that we also don't seek out pleasure just for pleasure's sake mm. either, right? And so one of the things with our sacrifices is we need to say, okay, just because this brings it brings us pleasure, which it might be, as you said, smoking or drinking too much or bad foods, um, that those types of things, um, they they might bring us pleasure, but sometimes it's harder to enter into the sacrifice when we think, well, pleasure is, we start to see pleasure as kind of an ultimate good. But mm-hmm. in actuality, we're called to, as you said, get rid of these things that we don't really need anyway, get them out of our lives, not for the sake of, you know, avoiding pleasure necessarily, but for the sake of the greater gift that God wants to give us beyond that. Would that would that coincide with some of the things you're saying? Absolutely. Uh, you know, we can kind of err in both directions. We can right. err in, you know, you know, not understanding sacrifice and not understanding the role of pleasure and satisfaction in our life as well. Right. Yeah, to be kind of hedonist where, you know, we're just yes. looking for the good times and, and get things out of whack. So that's exactly right. That's a good, that's, I'm glad you brought that up. It's a good balance for the for the two ideas. Mm-hmm. Very good. Well, let's take a phone call, Father. We've got Loretta sure. who's calling in from Elgin, South Carolina. Loretta, welcome to The Inner Life. Good morning. Thank you, Petra, for taking my call. Good morning, Father. Sure. Good well, morning. I just wanted to share, yes, that um, sacrifice for me, what I have done at times, I offer up a fasting on Wednesdays and Fridays, and when, where it's good for our health, you know, and keeping our weight un, un, under control, but I do it for the purpose mainly is to help others. Um, maybe I'm praying for some person, a novena, uh, for a family member that's ill, for the conversion of a family member to come back to the faith, back to the sacraments. And for me, the prayers have been answered, I feel, because the power of the fasting, like Jesus said, prayer and fasting, is what works more than just prayer at times. So I just wanted to share for the listeners out there that it is so important that we do the fasting along with the prayer, and the fruits of it is awesome. It's amazing. And I've even seen and witnessed miracles in my family. And that's what I wanted to share today. I'm glad you did, Loretta. That's a beautiful, beautiful sharing. And, you know, I was paying close attention to what you were saying. And this is beautiful because, you you know, you talked about fasting, uh, Wednesdays and Fridays, I think, traditional days for that. And, 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 of course, exactly right. It helps control our desires. We make sure that, you know, our will is in charge and not our stomach and not our, you know, desire for sweets or whatnot. But usually when people are get a little hungry with fasting, they tend to focus on themselves. Oh my gosh, I feel hungry. When am I going to eat again? And instead, what happened when you were fasting is that you were oriented outward and thinking about other people who are, who are in need. And that's exactly the right purpose of uh, our Catholic idea of fasting is that it actually makes your heart bigger and that you have a sense of love and attentiveness to the needs of people around you. So 
while you were fasting, you were kind of inspired to pray and to, you know, think about the intentions of the people around you. And that's, uh, it's, uh, I was just really glad to hear that because that's the, the proper and the, the really right, beautiful way of thinking about, uh, about fasting and all the sacrifices that we made. And Loretta brings up a great point too, Father. Can you can you tell us a little bit more about how to how to enter into a sacrifice, a particular sacrifice, um, with an intention in mind? Now, I, I, specifically, I mean, obviously, sometimes we make sacrifices because, as you were just saying, maybe we have a picture of a of our family on our desk at work, and we remind us this is why we're doing this, which is great. But what about like some of the Lenten practices or sacrifices, like Loretta was just talking about? Um, in which, you know, we can enter into those things, but not really with an intention. How, how can we be more focused in the purposes of those sacrifices? There's a number of ways. I think one of them is to, is to have a sacrifice kind of match the intentions that you're thinking about. So, for instance, once a month here at St. Bruno, we have a collection of food uh, for the needy. So, uh, you know, People are going out to the store and, and buying more food than they normally would have, and food is actually more expensive now because of inflation. So they're making that sacrifice, and then they bring it to the church for the intentions of helping people in need. So they're making a sacrifice of buying more food, and that food you know, goes directly to people who need it. So there's, a, there's kind of a match between what the sacrifice is and, and what the intention is. So that's kind of a, you know, a general, you know, very common sense way to connect the sacrifices we make for the intentions that we have. But, uh, you know, if you, it's hard to do that for, for instance, the people in Ukraine who are suffering so much. They live a long way from here. It's hard for us to touch them. So there, you know, our sacrifices can be maybe an extra prayer time, praying for their intentions, um, you know, maybe even learning about the conflict so that we become understandable about it, taking extra time for that. Uh, so there's, a, there's just a multitude of ways of our sacrifices uh, can match the intent. I think can match the intentions that we have. Uh, mm-hmm. Not always, but the more that they can, the more satisfying it can be. Right. And Loretta, you're still with us. Let me ask you just a, a quick question, if you would. So, um, Loretta, what kind of fruit have you seen from some of the sacrifices mm. that you have made? Well, I've seen, um, well, I've experienced my uh, uh, members of my family have returned back to the sacraments, um, mm-hmm. uh, members of my family having their marriage blessed in, in the church, and those are the intentions that I offered up my sacrifice for, and also as well for healing of cancer. Hmm. Wow, beautiful. Well, I mean, to yeah. you're very fortunate to see to see the effects in front of you. I mean, that doesn't ha- that doesn't always happen. Sometimes we can pray for events or sacrifice for certain intentions, and we never know if they come to fruition or not. But if any time that we can actually see the effects in our family, like you mentioned, people coming back to church, those are magical moments that, you know, I'm so glad that you have because it, it really kind of completes the circle. You know, you have done something with a, an intention in mind, and then you get to see it fulfilled. And that's a, that's a special blessing for you, Loretta, and I'm glad that it came to you. And I'm glad you shared your story today. Yeah, that's really encouraging, Loretta. Thank you for that. If you have a story about sacrifices that you have made and how you've seen the Lord work in and through them in your own life or in the lives of others, please give us a call. Join the conversation, 888 914 Again, 888 914 
Father, if I may, um, one of the things that pops to mind when you're talking about uh, sacrifice is obviously in the lives of married couples, it's not un, un uh, well, it's not unheard of. That's that's putting it far too lightly. It's uh, necessary that we make sacrifices for our for our spouses, for our husbands, for our wives. Uh, and we see the fruit of that in our own life. And, and uh, without embarrassing her too much, I, I would like to point out, for instance, my wife, who's very much, she's a rural woman. She likes to live in the country. And um, for the first 20 years of our marriage, almost, she uh, decided to live in the city because she knew that that's where I had opportunities for education and work and that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. although, you know, I was aware that she wanted to live uh, elsewhere where there's more wide open spaces, maybe a little bit closer to creation. Um, it was a real sacrifice for her to, uh, for my benefit, to uh, to live in the city. And that touched me in a pretty profound way that she would be willing to kind of live where she didn't necessarily, yeah, this wasn't necessarily her calling. It wasn't where she felt the most fulfilled, but she saw that it was good for me. So that was a uh, yeah, that's just my own story about how sacrifice has changed uh, something in my life. I think that's inspiring, and uh, you're very fortunate uh, that the two of you met and, and, and got married because uh, you're both fulfilling your wedding vows in a very beautiful way. Mm. Uh, so uh, that's yeah, a great story. Absolutely. I'm glad. That, uh, I hope she hears it. <laughs> Amen. So, <laughs> oh, I'll inform her father. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, speaking of married couples, uh, let's go back to married couples in Scripture. Um, you know, Saint Joseph pops to mind. Saint Joseph mm-hmm. and our blessed, our blessed Mother, uh, the Blessed Virgin Mary. So, Saint Joseph, he doesn't have any particular. You know, he doesn't. No recorded words in Scripture, but we know that he sacrificed for his family. Um, how are he and, the, and our Blessed Mother, how are they models of sacrifice for us, Father? Extremely powerful models. Um, you might know that my hobby is biblical archaeology. I spend a lot of time reading about how what life was like in the first century at the time of Mary and Joseph. And the most important thing for any family at that time was to have a child, to have a next generation. And it was very important to know where that child came from. And uh, if, if there was if this was a child of uncertain origin, then there was tremendous shame, and shame was the worst possible thing that could happen to any family in the in the first century at the time of Mary and Joseph. And that's what we read. Uh, you know, everybody in the village would have known that Mary has a child of uncertain origin, and and Joseph uh, too. Now, thanks be to God, Joseph and Mary both receive revelations from angels, so they're in on the story, but. Nobody else is in on that story. So they are facing just some of the worst uh, shame possible in the ancient world. And yet they were willing to face that in obedience to God's plan for salvation. They were willing to face the most horrible thing that could happen to any person in the ancient world, which was loss of honor and tremendous shame, uh, that they were willing to go through the the whole birth in, in uh, Bethlehem. You know, we look upon the Bethlehem story and you might have a nativity scene under your tree at Christmas time. And what speaks to us about that scene usually is poverty. Mm. And we think how poor Mary and Joseph were. They're born in a stable and on the ground with animal, animals, etc. And we don't realize that pretty much every single person in the ancient world was born that way. Mm. Everybody was born in a poverty circumstances with animals all around. But not everybody was born under a tremendous cloud of shame. And Mary and Joseph 
a tremendous sense of obedience, tremendous sense of faithfulness. That's what the ancient world saw when they read this gospel. They saw the, the unmistakable loyalty and fidelity and faithfulness to God to you know, go through this tremendous sacrifice, which they knew would be for the larger purpose of, of bringing into the world the Savior of, of all mankind. So mm. it's a beautiful story of obedience, uh, facing tremendous sacrifice for the greatest uh, goal of all time. Yeah. Well, that's, and what a, what, a great, uh, what a great thought to have going through our heads, especially during the Advent and Christmas seasons of recognizing mm-hmm. that great sacrifice that they made, specifically uh, in and around the, the well, facing shame, as you said, Father, is, um, yeah. yeah, ostracization. Yeah, well, wonderful things. And uh, you know what? I think what we'll do is we'll take a short break, but when we come back, we want to get in, of course, to Jesus' sacrifice on our behalf, what that means for us and how we can unite our sacrifices to Jesus and his cross. Um, We're going to cover that in just a moment. If you do have a story of how sacrifice has made a difference in your life, either sacrifices you've made or sacrifices others have made for you, please give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149, This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio, and we will be right back. This hour is sponsored by Solidarity HealthShare, the first to offer comprehensive sharing for prescription medications. Check now to see how much you can save. Go to catholichealthshare.com. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. Patrick Conley, glad to be with you, along with Nick Sentovich, our producer, and Thomas Engesser, who is taking your phone calls as we speak today about sacrifice. Not just for Lent anymore. Sacrifice is a central part of our lives. As followers after Jesus and our spiritual director today is Father Dave Heaney, whose latest book is Luke 10 Leadership, How to Succeed in Parish Ministry, published by Ave Maria Press. Well, Father, just before the break there, I was talking uh, specifically about Jesus' sacrifice, and that, of course, we want to cover some of that in a show about sacrifice. But i got to tell you uh, that—so I am a convert to the Catholic faith, and um, the whole concept of uniting our sacrifices— to Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, that was relatively new to me, even though I, I lived a pretty devout Protestant life up until my conversion to Catholicism. Um, this was a new concept. So can you talk a little bit about that? What does that mean to unite our sacrifices to Jesus' sacrifice on the cross? Mm-hmm. Well, that's certainly central uh, to our faith. You know, when you walk into any Catholic church, you're going to see two things stand out in front of you right away. You're going to see a large crucifix with an innocent person on it, and you're going to see an altar. And the altar reminds us of Thursday, the Last Supper, and the crucifix, of course, is Good Friday. So when you walk into a church, you see Holy Thursday and Good Friday joined together, because they both represent the same thing. And in both places, Jesus says, this is my body, this is my blood, this is my entire being, and everything that I am about is for your happiness. I will, I will give of myself to you. That's that, that loving sacrifice that Jesus makes, both on, at the Last Supper and on Good Friday. So that's, that's our role as well. So we place ourselves on the altar as well at Mass and say, I'm going to do this as well. I'm going to join my body and my blood, my entire being, 
with the person of Jesus as he offers himself to his to his father. And so uh, and so that and the, that happens in that beautiful time at the offertory when the gifts of bread and wine are taken from the middle of the church, which represents, you know, coming from all the families and the people that are there, and they're brought up to the altar. And as they're going up to the altar, you can kind of imagine that yourself is going on the altar as well. Uh, and so this beautiful procession of gifts up to the altar, all of the people's intentions are brought there. That's expressed, you know, immediately right before with our prayers of the faithful, all of our general intercessions, replacing all of our prayers, all of our intentions, all of us are on the altar with our Lord as well. And we join with him in these beautiful words, this is my body and this is my blood given for your happiness. And, and you know, that is meant to change us. It really meant, you know, the, every, every Mass is really a school of love. Every single week we remember Jesus tells us how to love, which is to take ourselves and to offer ourselves in sacrifice to another's good, another's greater, greater good. Mm-hmm. So this is all these beautiful themes are kind of running together, you know, throughout the entire mass. But that's what it means. We we want to do what Jesus did. We we unite ourselves with Him as He performs the ultimate act of love, mm-hmm. and it is love that where we find our our truest and most authentic happiness. Mm-hmm. So every seven days we get a lesson on love, and and the. The, and the direction towards lasting happiness. That's yeah. a beautiful thing. Yeah, it really is. And uh, what a great invitation that, that that is to when we come to Mass. Well, as you said earlier, right, to become mm. a different person by the end of Mass than we were going into Mass because yeah. of encountering and uniting ourselves to that sacrifice as well. And I'm, I'm another scripture verse that's going through my head, uh, Father, is St. Paul in Romans chapter 12 when he, he begs the Roman brothers to, um, through the mercies of God, to present their bodies as living sacrifices, that, you know, as a living sacrifice, which is their, their spiritual or their right worship that, uh, that he, they are called to do. And uh, to me, that, that just says, you know, again, we present ourselves united in the person of Christ who offered himself um, for the good of the world as well. And that ties probably pretty well into this holy season of Lent. So prayer, fasting, almsgiving are, are the three staple practices of the holy season of Lent. So, um, but just a question, maybe more of a practical, logistical question, Father, is is fasting really, a, is it a sacrifice or is it kind of its own its own thing, and then how about prayer or almsgiving, and, and can those be considered sacrifices? You know, I think they can start out as a sacrifice, um, you know, and again, you know, it's a matter of habit. If, if, we, if we never fast, if we never give anything, any food up, then the first time we fast is going to be a challenge, and it's going to be a sacrifice. Same with prayer. If, we, if we've never prayed before, just kind of setting aside that time to pray is going to be new and challenging. And almsgiving, you know, if we've never, we've kept all of our money to ourselves and never thought about the poor, then the first time that we do that is going to be a sacrifice and a challenge. Mm. But then it becomes a labor of love. Then it becomes, you know, you want to fast, you want to pray, and you want to give alms to the poor because you've seen, you know, the, the greater benefit that has happened. So I think prayer, almsgiving, and fasting start out as a challenge. And then when you when you become when you do them, and you discover the goodness about them, um, you, you kind of 
you are attracted to them because you you see the you see the lasting benefits from them. So I think they start out one way and they kind of end another. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. I I like that. I. I... Mm. I'm that I'm convinced that way. That sounds that sounds good. But any other uh, too some practical some practical suggestions about sacrifices? Of course, as we said, it's not it's not only a Lenten thing, right? It's something that we're called to throughout our Christian walk, our Christian lives. Um, but specifically in this time of year, when we might be thinking about new ways that we might sacrifice, any practical suggestions, Father, on, on sacrifices that we could take up? I think the best. Um the two best ideas that I would have would be, I think, first is to, is to begin to lose what you shouldn't be doing anyway. That, that you can't get more practical than that. If there's something that really is not a healthy practice, either mentally, emotionally, or physically, start with that. I mean, there'll be immediate benefits from something. Obviously, if you're, not, if you're doing something you shouldn't be doing, you know, eating the wrong foods or something, giving that up will, will have immediate benefits I think the other thing, too, probably the, the greatest uh, new habit uh, that anyone can do is to think about the people around you that you love and communicate that as often as you can. So text messages to your spouse, you know, messages to your kids, little notes. You know, uh, parents sometimes like to leave notes in, in lunch you know, boxes that they make for their kids. Never forgetting to say I love you, um, any, any of those kinds of encouraging words. We too often take the people around us for granted. You know, oh, there's my kids again. There's my spouse again. I saw her yesterday. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I think that's a that's a bad habit. So taking on a new habit is sacrificing the old way, and uh, that has a really powerful effect. So think about the things that you're doing that you shouldn't be doing at all not just giving it up for Lent and then starting up again. I think that's always a bad thing. When people give up something for Lent and then when Lent is over, they go back to it. Hmm. <laughs> Never made sense to me. If it's, if it's something that's worthy of giving up, probably can forever give it up. Hmm. And then I think adding this habit of uh, just being mindful, don't let people read your mind. Don't, yes. don't let people assume anything. You know, Make it clear. And, and say positive and affirming messages to the people around you, both of those behaviors will have very, very big effects, I think. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Let's uh, go back to the phones, Father. We've got Terry, who's calling in from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. She's been waiting for quite a while. Terry, thank you for your patience. Welcome to The Inner Life. Hi, thank you so much. Um, I've learned about sacrificing and love actually from Jesus. I have a book, The Devotion to the Most Precious Blood of Our Lord Jesus Christ, and as I read the book, and there's a chaplet to the most precious blood, um, the consolation prayers, the agonizing prayers, the adoration prayers, uh, the, I had such a deep insight into the sacrifice of Jesus and the Holy Virgin. And there's a special line in, in the consolation prayers, in prayer number one, from the Eternal Father, he says, Who shall I send? Who will go to redeem my people? And the heavenly court was silent until Jesus answered and said, Here I am, send me, Father. And every day I walk with Jesus. Well, Terry, it's beautiful. I mean, just that phrase, every day I walk with Jesus, is just kind of references just what I said just a minute ago, in which on a constant basis, you know, you're hearing our Lord say, I love you to you, and you're saying the same thing back to him. That's what keeps love alive. That's what keeps relationships going. So that 
that phrase walking with Jesus is, is perfect. And of course, you reference the precious blood of Jesus, which references his passion in that time when, uh, you know, he, he could, you know, God could have said, you know, I can save you this day. You know, you don't have to go through this crucifixion or you can go through the crucifixion and make salvation possible for the whole world. So that precious blood of Jesus made salvation possible for the whole world. So your devotion to that way of looking at Jesus is beautiful. And and the walking with Jesus that you're doing through this season of Lent is just excellent. So thanks for letting us know, Terry. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, thank you, Terry. Great, uh, great expression. And that's that's something too, Father. Is that uh, I, I suppose that the best way of growing in our sacrificing is definitely to to practice it, right? To to get into the actual habit, as you were saying earlier, of sacrificing. But any other. Um, thoughts, resources, actions we can do to help us? I mean, Terry mentioned this book that she was reading. Any uh, resources that way or any practices we can do to help move us ahead in our practice of sacrifice? Well, everybody's different. Uh, not, you know, some people are devotional. Some people, you know, are not. They like scripture or they, you know, just like to make up prayers in their own head and their own words. So there's many. That's the beautiful thing about our Catholic faith is that there's many, many ways of expressing it, many ways of expressing our devotion. So I would say begin first with yourself. What is it that you like? Uh, what kind of? How do you like to get information? But I would say one of the things that would be really powerful during the season of Lent is to grow in knowledge of our faith. So look at YouTube videos. You know, watch Father Michael Schmitz, tune into Relevant Radio, listen to Bishop Barron, uh, Patrick Madrid. You know, there's just Scott Hahn. There's many, many good resources. How do you like to receive information? Do you like to read, watch, uh, listen to the radio? So make this a time of learning because the more that you learn about our faith, the more that you will see how good it is and, and how right it is for you and, and you'll just love it. So... Maybe the best thing I could say during Lent is make it a time of education and learning. Yeah, and I'm I'm picking up a couple times here. You mentioned that keyword time, which I think sometimes yeah. time is is so important as something that we can we can sacrifice. Let's see uh, let's see if we can take one more quick call, Father. Sure. We've got Terry, who's here. Another Terry from Orange County, California. Terry, welcome to the Inner Life. Good morning. Good morning, Father Community. And um, I just wanted to show that Our Lady of Sorrows is close to me. Um, our, my husband and son went to Survite High School. And I think her fiat, her example, and Our Lady of Sorrows is what really speaks to me. I pray that. I'm going to pray that today uh, with the group from San Diego. And, um, yeah, I just wanted to share that she, she exhibits so much suffering, but she suffers well. She suffers well because she was faithful, and uh, you know, in good times and in bad, she was she had faith, hope, and love in good times and in bad, and that that steadiness, that uh, steadfastness in faith, no matter what's going on, is always a beautiful expression of Mary's uh, life and why she is and why she's such an important person in everyone's faith, and that's why we have uh, images of her throughout the church. That steadfastness in good times and in bad. Um, you know, is, is so inspiring. So that's a, it's a great example. Thank you, Terry. Thanks mm -hmm. for calling in. 
Yeah, thank you for that, Terry. Always a good, I, I mean, our, our lady is always a good example for us, yeah. right? And, and so, in so many, uh, well, all pieces of our Catholic life. But uh, certainly when it comes to sacrifice, I think the points that you were making before, Father, when it comes to things like, uh, you know, risking the shame of um, this, uh, this out-of-the-ordinary pregnancy that she was facing. And then, um, yeah, as Terry was just reminding us, Our Lady of Sorrows, that in the midst of that, seeing her only son suffer in such ways that her sacrifice, as Simeon had prophesied, her sacrifice was great as well, but always carried, as you said, Father, with faith, hope, and love. Well, Father, we're down to about our last minute here. So as always, thank you for being our spiritual director today as we've talked about sacrifice uh, here in the inner life. But we would love to leave with your blessing, if you would, please. Oh, yes. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Heavenly Father, during the season of Lent, may the sacrifices we take on help us to grow in faith and hope and love. We ask this blessing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Dave Heaney, our spiritual director today here on The Inner Life, as we've been speaking about the the topic of sacrifice, so central in our lives of faith and central to this Lenten time of year. I wish you a good Lent. My name is Patrick Conley, and I pray that your ongoing sacrifices that you make throughout this Lenten season are fruitful in your life and in the lives of others as you carry them with faith, hope, and love. The Holy Sacrifice of the Mass is up next with Father Rich Geschel from the Chapel of the Nativity in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Join us tomorrow here on The Inner Life for Father Ethan Southard in prayer and scripture. That's what we'll be doing tomorrow. Look forward to seeing you then. Take care and God bless you.